Hello, Hive Nation, and welcome back to the Hive Nation podcast, where each week we bring you experts in leadership, mentorship, and personal and professional growth. Each week, we bring a coach from the Hive Nation to help you connect, engage, grow, and evolve. Here's JB to introduce our return guest. Hey, morning, Grant. Thanks for coming back. Morning. Appreciate it coming back. So Grant's our, uh, our resident uh, human resources expert, and uh, there's nothing that he doesn't know human resources Related, Apex Consulting is his company, uh, his business, and um, <clears throat> Grant was on previously, and we talked about uh, uh, everything to do with HR. Uh, finished off with talking about working remotely and and how we can manage teams remotely, and that's what we're going to be chatting about today. And it's it's high on everybody's uh, you know cases right now on on their minds that you know how do we re- work remote in today's post pandemic. And still, uh, you know, be functional as a team. So uh, let's start there, Grant. Maybe like where where do you see where do you see working remotely going? You know, currently and as a future, and uh, you know, moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point. I would say behind <coughs> retaining and attracting people as being the number one uh, trend for for companies. Number two is determining what work schedule, whether it's hybrid working from home or working from office um, is the number two challenge that, that companies are, are dealing with and, and having to think about. And, and I would say trying different things to see what works works well for them. Definitely, it's, it's here to stay. I think that it might evolve more into what I would call work flexibility rather than a set schedule of one day in the office, let's say with a hybrid or two days in the office or three days it might evolve to more of a work flexibility where if you need to work from home, you do, otherwise you're, you're in the office. So it'll take some time to, to get to that spot. But I think that's where, that's where it will trend, trend to. Is there a happy medium uh, um, percentage of, of work from home, work from the office, work on the road? Is, is, have you found an equation there that works for everyone? No, I think that's the challenge that companies are struggling with. There doesn't seem to be a set formula, 25% here, 75% there, um, because companies have unique clients, they have unique businesses and processes that require them tweaking what that looks like. Um, Having a strictly Monday, Tuesday, uh, you know, in the office, Mm -hmm. and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday may may not work for some, and... I think that's where a lot of them are struggling with finding mm-hmm. what that sweet spot is, and do you have everyone off at the same time, or who who's off on which days, and what does that look like? Is there certain industries that have adapted this a lot easier than other ones? Say, definitely. I think this has been in practice for global organizations for some time because they have people that are working in different countries, teams that that have naturally um, work with other people that are all over the world. So they've been doing this pre-COVID for a long time, so they've mastered how to do it. Uh, I think it's the companies that were recently introduced to it because COVID forced us to, that are struggling to how do we adapt it and and how do we ensure all the pieces are in place to to make it successful, Mm -hmm. like how do you maintain culture with, with a team that's working remotely. So with that, is that uh, kind of going back to the first podcast we had with you, is that 
really reinforce the importance of the onboarding uh, time period uh, and, the, and then onward where managers and companies are asking the right questions of their employees and really understanding, okay, you know, Jason's a guy that can be on the road 70% of the time. He only needs 30% time in the office to get his paperwork done properly and effectively. Mm -hmm. Is it really tailed down to managers knowing their team well? It, it is, and, and also managers taking a different approach to how they manage their, their team. So for example, it's a lot easier to manage culture when you're looking at people's actions uh, in an office environment or at their workplace. It's easier to have a close relationship with someone when they're in your workplace. Mm -hmm. Now you have people that are at home uh, part-time or even full-time. How do you establish that relationship? How do you ensure that they're following your, your organization's culture and, their, and values when you're not always in a position to observe or provide feedback? Mm -hmm. And so you have to, similar to the onboarding, be intentional, have extra supports and frameworks in place to make sure that it is successful. In a situation like that, do you have a, so we use a tool called AEM Cube, and, it's, and basically what it is, it's a, it's a psychoanalysis test that basically uh, tells you where, you're, where you fit on, in, the, in the scope of, mm -hmm. of you know, the workforce. Mm -hmm. If you use the tool like that, would that kind of dictate to you as a as a human resources professional where Johnny would be better off working from home and Susie would be working better off working in the office or you know yeah it, any psychometric tool whether it's Myers Briggs DISC the other one you just mentioned would be helpful to, to predetermine what working style they, they are and how what their comfort level is. Um, However, you still have to monitor, you still have to make sure you have the communication to make sure it's working effectively. And, and also, I think a big piece of this is making sure they're engaged with their coworkers. Um, you run the risk if, if, for instance, you have a lot of people that like to work independently, not work well as a team. And their tendency is, I work from home, I'm, I love being isolated, I don't have to talk with my colleagues. Right. I can drive my schedule, drive my work, um, but it leads to an overall team uh, performance decrease because they're working more independently rather than as a team. Just like in the sports, <coughs> if, you, sure. if you're not not uh, working well as a team, you don't win the championship. If you're Austin Matthews, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there. Down three nothing. <laughs> um, so would you, uh, would you ever recommend, uh, like, so those people that do uh, work remotely from home for the most part, getting together as a team yet as a, a once a week, is it once a month, is it once a quarter? What's that happy medium number that, you know, they still should get together as a team so that, you know, you talked about having that relationship yet with the, with the office. So as a manager and leader, I think it's important that you establish that, that framework. How often do you have one-on-ones? How do you establish that relationship? With the person that's reporting mm -hmm. to you but then how are you creating those conditions where they're working together as a team so you might have team meetings you might build team activities but it's not something you're always planning I would suggest uh, or strongly suggest that you encourage someone on your team to let's say develop a team activity 
on, a, on at least a weekly uh, basis or at least every two weeks so that you're not always doing it, but you're keeping people in, engaged with, with one another. Mm -hmm. I think the, the majority of people uh, go to linears that work from home can should expect to have that interaction with the office uh, and a personal interaction with the office, not just remotely checking in. Is that fair to say? It is, but it doesn't happen a, a lot because organizations and managers and, uh, are just learning to adjust to this new world and what that looks like and understanding what what is the right number of contact points that I need to, to maintain. Mm -hmm. And for each person, it's different. Um, easier to do in a, in, in a workplace environment where you can just go down the hall or you can just see someone even you know in the lunchroom. Um, Spinning around in their office it, chair. It, 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 <laughs> exactly. It, it's easier to touch base, but a okay. lot more challenging when people are working remotely. The other thing that we find is, is uh, people are more hesitant to reach out to their teammate or to their supervisor when they are working remotely because they're afraid of interrupting what they're, what they're doing. They, they, in an office environment, let's say, you can look down the hall, see that your colleague is on the phone or, or perhaps is free at their desk so you can go and ask them a question. When you're at home and you don't have that visibility, now you're not sure if you should be calling them, you might wait, you might send them an email, um, but then it slows down your productivity and, yeah. and puts you in a holding pattern. So now that we're, we are kind of, you know, getting, you know, back into the swing of things, I'll call it, um, are more companies actually like, you know, requiring people to come back to work, like you come back to the office, or encouraging it, I guess maybe is a better way of putting it? Yeah, that's what we're finding in Saskatoon. Um, I think for a lot of them, in Saskatchewan, we seem to be more of a relationship-based uh, business community, mm -hmm. and therefore it makes sense for them to have people in the office where they can maintain those relationships, because it is challenging, requires more resources, trying to maintain those relationships when you have people working from home. But there's still pushback from, from employees, um, from people to want to work from home because they have realized there's, there's a certain gain for their flexibility. They can look after a plumber coming, coming at a certain time. You know, they can be at, be at home working while they're waiting for this person to, mm -hmm. to come in. You know, and that being said, uh, we've done it forever before that. Yep. So everybody worked around the plumber coming at 10 o'clock. And, yep. and so if, if you were my employer and yep. I said to you, hey, Grant, I have a plumber coming at 10 o'clock. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll be in at 1030. Most people said, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that argument of, of well, I mean, I have to stay home today because I have a plumber coming at 10. It, it's kind of a moot point, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. we've done it in the past. Yeah. Right, so the work around the work around working from home, and I, and I get it. There is definitely some industries where working from home, and some people, you know, thrive working by themselves. Yeah. But uh, what what percentage of people do thrive working by themselves versus people that don't? Well, that's that's a good question. I would probably say it, it's probably a almost a fifty fifty split. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, some people are very um, well structured to to work from home. They prefer less interruptions. They like to work more independently. Um, we would, in the Myers-Briggs, they call them the internal people. 
external people, they like more the social um, connection. They prefer to be in an environment for their others. Uh, they don't work well from home. There's too many distractions for them. So I would say it's about a 50-50. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What's, uh, what's about like, the, the mental health uh, aspect of it? So um, even those people who are internal, as you say, mm-hmm. um, the mental health aspect of you know, having this type of interaction, whether you're internal or external or otherwise, I, I think has to be healthy for your mental health. Like just have to be able to mm-hmm. talk to somebody mm-hmm. rather than stare at the screen all day, right? Yeah, it's, it's two emerging trends that, that I see are happening with, with working remotely, whether it's 100% or a hybrid. So those two trends are one is isolation and loneliness. You're right, we are social beings. And, and I think years from now, if we continue down the path of working 100% remotely, for most of your workforce, we are going to probably discover that loneliness and isolation is going to lead to more mental health issues. It's going to lead to people being challenged with working in in a team environment or working with others. Uh, So I think that's one trend that we need to be aware of and you need to have the right framework and, and processes to ensure that doesn't happen. The second thing that I think that's going to happen is that career development or career progression people the reality is managers work with people on their career progression um, through relationship it's it, it is um, a foundational piece of their evaluation is their relationship with that person mm-hmm. um, they do take into account of course skills and capacity mm-hmm. and capability but it, there is a foundational piece with relationships. So For sure. people that are in the office around someone that is influential on their career progression or career development will be in a different position than those that are working remotely that may not have that necessarily uh, I think to the relationship. I think to that point too, um, you know, we get to talk to so many different people introverted or extroverted I think it doesn't make a difference where via email if you get an email and you did something and you're so proud of it like this was my best work and you get an email good job like I didn't really give a crap why should I try that hard next time versus like in person you know Grant can walk across the office be like Greg like this was really good like this is exactly what we asked for and then some and even if you know that's not your number one way of gaining gratification or, or however you prefer it subconsciously um, I see it in athletes all the time if you say like passionately and like to their face like you did really good work here keep it up you can see it they can see that light bulb turn and they want to keep doing that so without having that personal connection uh, like you said you hit, hit the nail on the head there there isn't there's a stunt in career development in personal development there's also a stunt in what I would call overall organizational capacity mm-hmm. because you are not able to talk to someone to learn or, or gain an idea from someone. Um, sometimes you overhear a conversation you know, in the lunchroom and you go, oh, that gives me an idea. So when you're working in isolation, I think it comes sometimes at a cost of, of innovation. It comes at a cost of, of not passing on knowledge onto one another 
because there's a physical barrier to that knowledge transfer. And maybe not being challenged either, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you, when you work remotely, you're, you're really the only person who challenges you mm -hmm. is yourself, right? Yep. So, you know, in a team map, in a team type of atmosphere, you know, you mm -hmm. might have that challenge from your yep. one of your coworkers yep. or your supervisor yep. or whatever to, to do better, right? Mm -hmm. So, that, and that's a challenge for organizations is to ensure that if you are implementing a work from home or hybrid models, how are you overcoming these obstacles that are going to present themselves? So in that, with that in mind, what do you recommend? Well, for, for example, for um, career progression, I would say you increase your frequency of one-on-ones with, with someone to talk about where they want to go for their career, understanding more about their development plans, being supportive, and that might mean meeting with them in person to to go over it um, rather than a Zoom meeting or, mm -hmm. or over the over the phone. And you, it's about repetition and keeping it present. So I think that's that's key in terms of loneliness and and isolation. Uh, again, it goes planning to those team events that we were talking about and ensuring that coworkers have the available channels to reach out to someone when they have a question. So it's not just one um, email, uh, you know, maybe you have Snapchat, maybe you have another messenger service, texting. So other ways to reach out to your, mm -hmm. your colleague to make sure that they're, they're available. Mm -hmm. and, and give responsibility to the team to plan events for themselves so that they're engaging because I have no doubt that some of them will touch base with one another saying, hey, what do you think of this idea? And so is it is it transitioning now to say like a <coughs> remote team leader? Possibly. Um, I think the, the one of the big challenges with that is organizations establishing a higher level of trust that work is going to be done remotely. So if you have a remote leader, how are they leading and managing? You really have to have a high level of trust that that's that's happening, and I'm not sure every organizations there yet gotcha I, I'm not the, I'm not the, we talk about it a lot I'm not the biggest fan of saying you have to work eight hours a day because there's some people that get more work done in four hours than some do in 40 so yep. <laughs> and I think we mentioned this in the previous podcast yep. it's it's really about managing by results yeah rather than a set work schedule mm -hmm. or a set number of hours. hours so is that what if we look at those companies that have been doing you know, having these remote teams uh, that have a global, global presence, is that what those companies have done for years? Result-based, not you need to work 40 hours a week or you're fired, it's, hey, yep. here's your task for the week or, or whatever that timeline is, yep. get it done. Absolutely, because some of them are in totally different time zones. If you are in, you know, have a colleague in Australia, not only are they eight hours difference, but they're a day, day ahead of you. Yeah. So, you, you have to be really clear with expectations and outcomes. I think that's where a lot of them shine as they become crystal clear on what the expectations are. They have a lot of follow-up, a lot of one-on-ones. They just have managers interact with their teams, I would say, differently than somebody who's a traditional model where they're in the office or at the workplace all the time. Yeah. So is that why we see this trend, you know, as especially in, in Saskatoon business, but I think everywhere, where companies are starting to hire their C-suite team outside to bring in that new perspective. Because I remember a few years back, I was talking about you know the four-hour work week. I got pretty proficient at my process, 
And I, I brought that up and a lot of older people in the business went, what? You're not going to work five days a week? And they were like appalled by it. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, I can get it done in three, but I'll work four anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no, in sales, Friday is usually a closing day or you're going golfing with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that why a lot of companies are starting to bring in new mindsets and, and try to break that you know, old school stigma of 40 hour work week or die? Possibly, or you know, it's just they may not have the talent inside the organization that that is able to kind of lead what tomorrow looks like for for organizations. Or it's just difficult to find people in general right now, whether it's a C-suite or at any any level within mm-hmm. an organization. Mm-hmm. But I think you bring up a, a good point: is it, it's not focused on the number of hours; it's focused on outcomes. So if if your results is only driving 20 hours of productivity a week, maybe you need to increase your results, mm-hmm. right? To, to maximize what, what you need. And each organization needs to determine what that, what that is. And you don't want to be in a position where you're encouraging people to be working you know, more than 40 hours a week or having to work weekends or, or necessarily uh, into the night or early morning. What you want to do is find that balance that you can assign them work and know that they can get it done within a set amount of hours. Because there's some that have moved to a four-day work week. I mean, mm-hmm. Coconut Calendars have just recently yes, yeah. done that, um, which is fine, but you just have to make sure that you're achieving you know, the goals that you, that you set out. Yeah, yeah. Some of those small towns... Were never there was businesses never open on Monday. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It was it was only Tuesday, Tuesday to mm-hmm. Friday, or yeah. maybe Saturday morning. But you know, yeah. some of those, like I say, we all grew up in a small town yeah. where yeah. you know those businesses weren't open Monday, and you yeah. just got used to it. That's right. And and the other you know challenge with with working remotely and, and hybrid is managers helping their team separate home from work because those lines become very blurred when you're mm-hmm. sitting at your kitchen table working for for so many hours and then you got to prepare dinner and it doesn't seem like you're getting a break or you're trying to cook your pasta on the stove while you're checking your email and neither one is going well <laughs> yeah so it's helping them to be set up for success to make sure that those lines are, are not not blurred because then I think people become fatigued yeah I, do you do you recommend using like there's there's programs out there and I've seen this one I can't remember exactly what it's called but it basically instead of blocking off your calendar for a meeting for by the hour let's say it actually blocks it off by like you can block it off by the minute mm-hmm. and so you basically utilize your time as by the minute, right? So, so say from uh, nine to nine fifteen, you and I are going to talk. But at nine fourteen, you get a reminder saying, "Hey, you have one more minute left. Cut it short." You know, and then that's you kind of maintain that that you know using your time the, the most effectively that you can. Do you recommend or do you use anything like that? Well, I, I think for us, you know, Zoom, you can set time time when it's Microsoft Teams, if you're, if you're having virtual meetings. Calendars, you know, whether it's Google or Outlook, uh, Outlook can change by, you know, the minute you can set reminders at different times. 
I think that's probably not a not a bad bad idea to help teams manage manage their time. Um, but I think it's just more important more importantly that you help the team set particular times when they need to come together or when they need to be available for clients. Because again, if you're more focused on results, um, the normal nine to five changes quite significantly. Because if your results focus, somebody might not start till 10, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they'll finish at four, kids come home, and then they do a couple more hours in the evening. So mm -hmm. it's... Uh, and you, you, you mentioned like mention, or, uh, checking emails. You know, one can get stuck in the weeds oh. checking emails, you know what I mean? So instead of making a priority to, you know, check emails, having a schedule like that where it would be like check in, you know, use X time A to B to check in with customers, you know, mm -hmm. these 10 customers, and then the other time maybe team building or another time maybe, you know, personal time. But, you know, at least you could have a a schedule I guess if you want to call it that so that you can follow it so you're not all over the map mm -hmm. you're not yep. cooking pasta and checking email and yep. you know again I think it, it's it goes back to that original question you had about individuals that thrive and work from home and those that don't so those that struggle with that they might require more support for from their supervisor to set up that schedule to help to maintain it for a supervisor to understand how well are they adjusting like are you making enough time to do yeah. those things because uh, again some people struggle with working from home and, and I, as a supervisor you can check in to make sure that they're that they're doing okay and or even for someone who's new it's their first job it's their first time that they've been in uh, in you know in their working career and now they're working from home and they just maybe come out of university or come out of school and you know now they're by them by themselves and mm -hmm. I think as a supervisor, you need to check in frequently to see how well they're adjusting and, and what things you can do. That must be the most difficult, hey, for those people with those first jobs that you're, you're at home already and now you're working from your home. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to an office, you're just in your same, yeah. you know, filth, I guess if you want to call it that. Well, or sometimes you're, in, you're still in your parents' basement, so. Or that too, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how, how, do you, how do you ever get you know, to that next level, I guess, is what I'm getting at. If you're, if you're not accustomed to going to a different setting mm -hmm. rather than being in your own setting. Well, and that's where, again, as a supervisor, you need to gauge how well they're doing. You might adjust their schedule um, where they are not exclusively working from home. Maybe you need to move to that hybrid model, but maybe they're coming in four days instead of five. Um, and then changing it as as mm -hmm. as they're able to to take it on. So here's a bit of an oddball question that I just just thought of. So, to Jason's point there, uh, some people are you know have the privilege they have a great office at home. They have this space where they can they make that transfer you know subconsciously even if it's just a different room. Has there been or do you know of any companies that have like given their work from home employees? A, uh, an allowance to go, hey, spend $2,000, make your home office an office, make it a place. Like, is that something that companies have looked at or is that just a, a harebrained idea I just had? Some have, um, because for them it was important that they had a good workspace. Um, I would say in another, another way, so uh, occupational health and safety has played a role in this as well. Mm -hmm. It's still, 
undetermined to a degree to what extent an employer is responsible for the workplace remotely. Mm. Um, so some have been preemptive, made sure that you had a first aid kit, fire extinguisher, you had an ergonomic chair and ergonomic uh, tools to do your job based on, on their assessment of risk in OHS. Um, I still think from the cases that I've seen, it's still unresolved as to what extent an employer is responsible for the mm. safe work environment of their employee. Um, but definitely that has influenced some as well to, to invest in, in uh, things for their, for their um, team. You know, that opens up a whole new can of worms uh, for the future, thinking that, you know, so are any of these health problems going to, you know, arise coming down the road, not just mental health, like we talked about, but back or, yeah. you know, joint issues from sitting around so long and, you know, not. Well, or, you know, there's one case in Ontario, and I think it was Air Canada, where an employee fell down their stairs going to their work office and are claiming WCB or claiming injury against the employer. So, so these are some of the gray areas that have yet to be determined or decided. About your home office, as a guy with a standing desk, I'm actually legally obligated to tell everybody, you guys should really get a standing desk. It's great for your lower <laughs> back. But, it, but, you know, all jokes aside, that's why I did that. You know, you either driving around all the time if you're a road salesperson or sitting in a chair because no matter how good a chair you can buy, I know how, for, for the first two minutes of the day, you said, oh, my posture's in. As the day you're reading more emails, you end up like oh, yeah. this and you're like, get up after you're like, Oh God! Like, and it's true. Sitting down all day is not good for you. Like, it is not. Uh, so it, it's little things like that where, and that's why I kind of brought up our companies going like, hey, you know, don't go out and buy crazy paintings and all this stuff. But here, go buy this desk. Yes, it's it's waiting chair. on call at this warehouse for you. Now you have a nice standing desk to do your job. At. Yeah, yeah. Those that I think have the resources um, are doing that. There are some that, you know, they're small businesses. They don't have for sure a lot of extra resources. So Those global depends. companies that have always done, you know, like we mm-hmm. talked about working remote where they have people, it's, they're located in Australia mm-hmm. and they have people in, in Canada and UK and mm-hmm. wherever around the world working for them. How have they have always done it? What, how have they, what have they implemented in order to, you know, uh, make sure that the guy's working in the middle of the night, you know? Yeah, I think they probably invested in in what person needs. I, I think the other thing though is technology has evolved. So prior to that, phone was your primary uh, contact. contact. Um, yes, email was, was also used. But now that, that technology has evolved, I think they've also evolved with that, that they mm-hmm. probably have more virtual meetings now, um, or at least, are able to to use technology to uh, improve that. Is there a company out there that like uh, in general is that like shining star for that model? Like, you know, in, in business, I think a lot of times everybody strives to have organization like Apple or whatever, right? Like, is there a company that comes to mind where you're like, if you're a business owner, if you're an employee, look at how they do it? Not off the top of my head, but I, I'm sure if you, did a Google search, you'd probably mm-hmm. find one. But just be mindful too, just because it works well for them, um, 
because they have a certain culture and values and work processes doesn't necessarily mean if you copycat it that it will work yeah. for you. So you you need to just have that awareness and, That's and adjust mm-hmm. and adjust. One size does not fit all in business. It this does much not. Is no. and that's and why we do custom sales training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, everyone wants to achieve, you know, world class uh, or leading, but copying someone else's process culture doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. work for you to to achieve that. It's all the people you have in place in order to to yeah. roll it out. Yeah, and. And sports analogies are my favorite, but you see that in sports. You see teams that you know have a few you know superstars, and that's enough to carry that team to to a winning percentage. And then you have those that you know they they haven't adopted that formula. Um, they have a group that works well together, and as a whole, they sometimes outperform mm-hmm. the others. And and you can see it in teams that try to copy you know what a dynasty has done. Doesn't work for them, and they right. just end up with higher salaries and and, <laughs> and poor performance. Yeah, you Are just you can't come the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to find any Yankee fans. So, in that same case, though, like you know, you have those superstars, mm-hmm. and like a lot of those role players will pull up the you know the back end of those superstars, mm-hmm. and you know finish that team off. I think that's that's probably very key into, you know, today's work model as well. Not just sports analogy, but work model as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. On that note, with uh, Grant and I and, and Jason have talked about total employee award at time. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, with companies having uh, remote work and kind of trying, like you said earlier in the, in the show here today, having you know that one team member actually run something. Has there been a shift in the uh, pay or bonuses where it's like there's leadership bonuses now where it's like, hey, you're not technically not a manager, but you're a leader on this team. You've helped the team. Like, is there something like that that companies do? That's that's almost another podcast. Um, like <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that are starting to to occur. Uh, for example, from from a compensation piece alone, yeah. um, are you paying? Uh, less for people that are working from from home uh, because they're not requiring office support or resources. Uh, some say that you need to pay more because it's coming out of their own pocket. Um, some say that, especially in the larger centers, that the commuting costs have gone down for, for people, so mm-hmm. therefore we shouldn't have to compensate them. And then how do you handle disparities in different, different cities with cost of living? So for example, mm-hmm. cost of living in Toronto versus the cost of living in, let's say, a moose jaw, going to be vastly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet they're doing the same role. So do you pay them the same amount? Do you pay them something different? So it's something that that organizations are having to evaluate, and that's just on compensation. Yeah. Um, that is a conundrum right oh, there. There's a lot of things that, that I think are at play now that, yeah. that companies are having to evaluate and mm-hmm. come to, to deal with. Well, sounds That's like what we, I said. Another podcast. Sounds like we got our third reason to bring Grant back. Episode three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because ever since you told me, uh, you know, expressed that idea to me of total employee rewards, we kind of started mm-hmm. putting that around the hive. You know, okay, the hive fits here and here and here and here. And there's all these new ways that employers can actually look on how to manage their teams, not just in, in the office, but externally. And maybe it's 
two different total employee rewards pools. Where here's our in in office rewards. Here's our out of office rewards. So there's benefits here. There's benefits here, and some are it shifts because of that. Yeah, uh, quite possible. I I see a trend, and this might be a long way off, where the total rewards are, are more individualized. The, the the sum is still the same because for a company you only have a set pool. Right. I mean, it's all always a cost, no matter if you're offering unlimited vacation to to health spending accounts to gym memberships, things of that nature. So at the end of the day, the the amount of spend is is the same for each person. I think what will come down to is how that individual spends it. So we've seen this in the benefit side with health spending accounts where one size doesn't fit all. Um, younger people aren't necessarily worried about um, orthodontics or, or other, other things, but they do concern themselves with massage and other, mm-hmm. other things. So to give them a set amount and then decide what kind of coverage you know, I want has been a, been a really good benefit and, and they can evolve that coverage as they age or as life circumstances change. So I think that total rewards is heading down that same, same path where you have a lot of options, but the individual gets to choose. That makes way more sense to me. Yeah. Rather than a one size fit all. I know I was always mad. I never used my glasses insur- health insurance in my life. And I'm like, why can't I take that $800 and put it towards my physio? That's yeah. something I use. Or, or for example, you know, a company might say, oh, $500 you know, a year for gym membership. Well, you might be a person that plays a lot of sports. You don't go to the gym because mm-hmm. you're just too tired because you're playing sports all the time. So you're not able to take advantage of yeah. that $500. So that's, yeah. that's another example where if, if they offered it, you know, gave you the flexibility of saying $500 to go towards your physical fitness, you decide, you know, if you wanted to go to a hockey registration or, or yeah. a gym membership. or I can buy a putter. Exactly. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's mental mental health and, yeah. and health and wellness. Yeah. And if we're buying Scotty Camerons, we don't we have to put out of our own pocket. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a Kirkland one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's there's a there's a big underlying message in both of these podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, around HR, you know, we always joke like, Oh god, gotta go to HR, I'm calling HR but it's you know, you companies, managers, teams it all comes down to listening to what your employees are are wanting, their input, and listening to the team and finding out what they're important. Mm-hmm. You know, sound like a broken record. Jason and me say it all the time. You know, the companies that you hear the most about, and we talked about it last episode, that know that Grant coaches hockey on Wednesday, well, they let them leave early. Mm-hmm. And that's something important. So the whole basis of, of managing any team is just listening. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also the big part is being purposeful. Just don't let it happen organically because chances are it's not going to work out the way that it's intended. You need to be proactive with people. You need to make sure that you've got great relationships, good feedback. Um, You just can't let it unfold um, because it it may not work out. And you know, on the flip side of that as well, you guys, I, I would challenge the people who are working remotely to take it upon themselves to check in more, to call their supervisor mm-hmm. or email their supervisor or whatever it is, 
to maintain that contact yep. with their supervisor and to say like, you know, to offer maybe their services like, you know, I, I here's my schedule. Maybe I can come in on Thursday from one yep. to five, you know, whatever that case may be. It just, I think it's best to be out front, not necessarily up front, but out front. And, you know, that may, that may progress your career. Like, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about progression, you know, yeah, it's being clear with expectations and being clear with the results. And part of those results that you're talking about is how many conversations are you having with your colleague? And not just, you know, phoning them to see what the latest episode of Succession was like. <laughs> right, yeah. But but really a, a meaningful work conversation. I think it just you know, it comes down to the mental health thing uh, for, for, in my experience, would be like, who doesn't like to, to you know, have a chat, whether it be about, not everybody likes sports, I get it, so you don't have to talk about sports, you can just chit chat about maybe, uh, I don't know, your your kid's schoolwork, I, I don't know, but just pick a topic that you're happy with, and I, I think it makes your mental health better, and I, I get it, you have to talk about work eventually, but let's start off maybe with talking about succession. <laughs> or or some, some organizations create a, a uh, Zoom lunch, where that's what it is, it's really not talking about work, no different than in a workplace environment, you'd go out for food or drinks after work. There, there's certain socialization activities that you you can do when you're working out of yeah. workplace. So why not extend it to people that are working from home and you know figure out a way to either do it virtually or perhaps you all meet at at let's say at a, at a place to have appetizers just to connect. Absolutely. But again, it comes from purpose it comes from planning and being proactive not just hoping that oh they'll we'll get together because it may not happen um so far what i've learned from you grant in these last two podcasts is that the hr thing is way deeper than i ever yes thought it was like because whenever you know whenever we thought about hr i was like oh jeez i'm in shit oh <laughs> hr radio boring but it, it there's there's so much more layers of hr than just there is you're, you're part-time psychologist part-time sociologist part <laughs> part-time uh work processes and yeah and, uh, yeah so you know I, I think you know we joked about having you on number three but i think i would extend the invite to have you on number three yeah. because i think there's so much more Absolutely. that we just don't talk about well, i think it'd be on uh, a great podcast to unpack the total rewards. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's It's just something that, you know, comes up frequently nowadays with the remote work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and for them, for a lot of our uh, companies, that's their competitive advantage because they can't afford to compete on salary alone. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to to compete with some of the bigger players in the market, such yeah. as a Chemico or a Nutrient or a BHP. But you might be able to offer things as part of your total rewards that would attract someone that mm-hmm. that money isn't necessarily everything for them, but there's other perks that, yeah. that are there to uh, ensure that they would work for you. I think we mentioned that in our first one as well. Yeah. It's not incentivizing isn't necessarily monetization. Mm-hmm. It could be some other perk, right? It's the yeah. culture. Right? Culture. Yeah, that was the one example we yeah. used where uh, when Grant was talking about calling friends that just got a job like hey how's it going uh, it's going good versus man it's so good we have lunch every day yeah. and we're on fridays we can pop a beer in the office like it's the small things that that nobody you know i, I not to say nobody talks about but 
you don't think of all the time because you think of, oh man, I'm getting paid 100k a year. This is awesome. But go to work. Mm-hmm. Punch yeah. the clock. Go home. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, so that's that's all I got for today, yeah. fellas. So. Uh, Grant, thanks again for coming in. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it is. It's great uh, catching up with you. And uh, Mm -hmm. don't be a stranger to the Hive. And uh, yeah, Hive Nation. Awesome. Hive Nation, appreciate it. If you haven't watched the first episode with Grant, do so. This one will be dropping in in a week's time. So where do we find Grant? Grant uh, is in the HR Hive on the Hive Professional Network. Uh, You can use code HiveNation2023 for six months free access and uh, connect with grants or whatever coach you're looking for. Hive Nation, we're at.